Hey friends, welcome to the Next Step Leadership Podcast, a conversation dedicated to helping you make your next step your best step. I'm Tracy Reynolds, and my partner in crime for the Next Step journey is Chris Maxwell. Together, we hope to inspire, assist, and create the confidence you need to take your next step in your personal growth, your vocation, your spiritual life, or maybe your calling. Thanks for joining us. Well, come on, let's dive into this week's episode of Next Step Leadership. This is Chris Maxwell, and I'm with my friend Tracy Reynolds, Next Step Leadership. Uh, Tracy, who is our guest today? Our guest today is Nicole Eunice. Uh, she is a friend of a friend. Uh, I love it when we have connections like this where uh, somebody says, hey, you've got to have this person on your podcast. Well, she connected us, and I've read her book, uh, The Miracle Moment, uh, found it impactful. And I just love that she's having a huge impact in JJ's life. Because JJ is one of those top shelf kind of leaders who's leading other people. And when she tells me somebody's good, she's absolutely right. So welcome, Nicole. It's great to have you on the podcast. Thank you. Yes, we share mutual admiration for our friend JJ. I love just the connections that we make all through life as you just, you know, be faithful in the work that you do, whatever work that is. It feels like you get these opportunities to connect on all kinds of levels in a way that's really rich and rewarding. So well, I was intrigued in reading your book about the passion you have for things that I also care about, things mm. that, that like relationships, mm-hmm. but not surface relationships, talking honestly about the kind of impediments and things that we tend to shy away from mm-hmm. because they're difficult. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I want to talk about that. But before we do that, Tell us a bit about you. I mean, how did we get to be sitting across this table miles apart uh, and and talking about this stuff today? Uh, well, we'd, we we would need more than 16 minutes. But we, <laughs> um, yeah, like many of you guys, I've just had an interesting winding path in leadership, have always really been drawn to leaders and drawn to vision and, and big movements and desiring to be a part of that. And so that's taken me down some different tracks over my career. Um, I started actually in fitness as my full-time work. And um, the kind of connecting thread that's culminating right now in this project is the deep question of my heart has always been, can people really change? Mm-hmm. And I've also discovered and really in my own personal life that it's easy to say that you want to change, but when you actually try to do it, it takes a lot. I think we just need all the help we can get. And I discovered that in my season of working in fitness. And then I was, um, I'm trained as a therapist. So then I spent time as a therapist before I went into full-time pastoral work. So I've kind of done the whole mind, body, spirit, um, connections and have found that to be true that a lot of times when it comes to who we want to become, Um, I think that we need more help than maybe we feel like we should need as adults, but Mm. um, nobody really trains us in how to handle conflict or how to handle our emotions or how to honor who we are and find the right words to communicate to people who are different than us. So the burden in my heart um, in this season is really to be in touch with leaders and teams Because at the end of the day, I just, I love when organizations succeed and I love when places thrive and places don't thrive if relationships don't thrive. As soon as you go beyond your own leadership. So the minute you add a layer of working through people, 
there is a completely different crucible of leadership that's open to you and that is going to be a challenge. And most of most people I know just really, we all struggle to figure out how to communicate what's inside of us, outside of us in a way that creates connection. Well, those are, those are great comments, Nicole. I'd like for you to take us back a little bit and, and, and tell us more of your story. And, you know, we're, we're going to focus on leadership and, and your thoughts uh, about leadership and some of the things you're saying. But tell us more about how you moved from where you were to where you are now. Sure. Um, where, I, where, I, where I moved in this particular project or just in general, my trajectory of leadership. To give you this, this uh, process of thinking and leading this mm. way, understanding why these things you've mentioned are important. Why are they yeah. really important and how have you learned that? Mm-hmm. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so it was, it's been interesting to be trained as a counselor and, and then to, to just be in leadership work where I'm not necessarily using, um, you know, all of the counseling techniques that I know, but I also have an eye to notice dynamics and experience them a lot myself. I'd be, you know, um, working, I worked in full-time ministry for about nine years and, in that time, I led a lot of different teams and led um, in an organization that experienced rapid growth and rapid complexity in that growth. And so have gone through various times of trying to help people all align and come behind one vision and did that as a team member and also a team leader. And all through those times, I would notice dynamics where there would be just misses in um, emotional temperature, in unity misses in what one person's trying to say and another person's actually hearing misses in how important it is to be aligned and unified in our in our spirit like in our in your heart like how much how important it is to to know and be inspired by the work and so after i concluded my time there which was about 2 years ago I found myself in a situation where organizations were asking me for help in that area. So they would feel a big gap, man, we are trying to get to this vision and I can't seem to, we're having these issues on our team, coaching individuals around that, both in their marriages and families and also in their leadership in organizations. And some of these themes that you see in the miracle moment, this book come out of the culmination of that 20 years of work Mm. of like, what's going on when we can't, we seem to have a disconnect that creates distance and distrust. And how do we move back from that? What are the actual tools that we can put in our toolbox and use in all of our relationships to get to a place where we feel connection instead of distance? Mm. That's I'm rig- just yeah. listening to your comments. I'm like, we all need to hear this. Uh, <laughs> I, I keep going back to that question you mentioned earlier. It's sort of a theme uh, coming from your heart. I can tell that can people really change? Mm-hmm. And and that's that's kind of why we do what we do, isn't it? I mean, we're, we're yeah. hoping to bring positive change, not like, if you change, we will help you. But no, something totally different. It's we can work together to bring change. But, mm-hmm. but do, you, do you want change? And words you mentioned like unified, aligned, listening, um, then, then those negative words of distance and distrust. Mm-hmm. That I mean, you are describing the condition of, of our culture of us mm-hmm. individually and our, our church climate right now, a, a yeah. distance and distrust. Mm. 
Yeah, it is a it is a difficult time to lead. I mean, everyone that I I work with that's leading in an organization, my number one sort of like you know affirmation is, hey, if this feels really hard, it feels hard to everyone I'm working with um, for both reasons internal. Like I think many of us have a weariness and decision fatigue in our personal lives as well, that's impacting our ability to lead. But then you've got, so you've got your personal burden, you've got your leadership burden, and then you have the burden of change that's outside of all of us. And truly as human beings, it's very difficult for us to thrive in that environment of just uncertainty. And so now, of course, what we know um, is that many generations have gone before us and have thrived through more difficult times. So we can do this, but it's going to take, it takes a whole different level of, I think, self-leadership than any other season that I've seen in my lifetime. Let's go there. Uh, The whole idea of leading myself first Mm -hmm. uh, probably needs to begin with being aware of myself and having some insight into myself. Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, What are your thoughts around that? Yeah, so let's go to two directions with this that I think could be just practical and helpful coming out of this short podcast. The first thing that I love to help leaders understand is that you are responsible for who you're becoming and you can decide who you want that to be. And I don't mean I want to be, you know, the leader of a multi-million dollar organization. I want to be not these external circumstantial work, but I want to be a open-hearted person. I want to be a forgiving person. I want to be a compassionate person. When leaders start to really think, what three words or so do you want to say that you want to have define who you are as a leader? You're you're 100% responsible for that. And it gives you an ability to enter into struggles and enter into relationships with that in mind. Like, wait a second, I'm responsible for who I want to become. I just had a little trip up with someone on my team and I used the same technique with myself. And I was like, no, like I already decided that I want to be a open-hearted, compassionate leader. And that now informs the way I enter in. It's not anymore about what is the particulars of this situation, who's wrong, who's right. It's not about that. It's about who I want to become. So that's step one. And then step two is that I think leadership gives us an opportunity to enter into our story. And a lot of times self-awareness comes from recognizing that we bring our entire past with us when we enter into a present moment, as well as anything that we are projecting about the future. So if I have an authority story, for instance, like we all have an authority story. Um, If I have an authority story that's less than perfect, that maybe has a relationship to my childhood or whatever, I'm going to bring all of that into experiences with authority. And I may find myself reacting a certain way, maybe defensive. Maybe I'm trying to prove myself. Maybe I shut down and I just am a yes person. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that's probably related to my authority story. So for leaders, I think holding those two guardrails together, I'm 100% responsible for who I'm becoming. And I, I get the freedom to like work on that. And then my story, the past, is always going to impact, especially emotional reactions that I have in the present. And the more curious I am about that story, the more opportunity I have to take what's good from my story and bring that forward, but also to release what is unhelpful Mm. or no longer serving my leadership. And it's a work. It's a work to release it or to heal from it or to forgive it. So that's kind of those two tracks that I think are a big part of our own self-leadership. 
As I'm listening, as I'm listening to you say this, I'm, I'm just imagining. I, I, I want everybody to hear this, um, Nicole. What you're saying is is just what I'm seeing as a need in our culture. Mm-hmm. Like I said earlier, in so many capacities and elements of our culture, um, if, if you're speaking right now to an individual who is struggling to respond to to those those comments that you just made you know those kind of two key takeaways uh how how can you and how can we encourage them to really deal with those issues instead of living in denial and avoidance mm. Wouldn't it be great if we could just help everyone deal with their issues? I mean I <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah but of course you know you guys know what I know which is people's pain tolerance is different and honestly, what I recognize is that there's two times where leaders where leaders will perhaps engage deeply in this kind of work. One is when they level up to a point where they realize that they're no longer capable, uh, like they're they're you know intuitive, you know whatever they've learned and picked up just isn't going to work anymore, or they experience a level of pain yeah. in their leadership, whether it's a failure, it's a conflict, it's disturbance in that makes them be willing. So. I mean, that's sort of cut and dry, but I'm like, well, people decide, people change when they decide to change. And what we can do is say, guys, it's so worth it. It's a hundred percent worth it. And we can tell our own stories of failure. I mean, I tell a story in the book about, you know, a huge failure in my twenties as a leader, just so poorly executed. I was out of my league. I was not ready for the work that I had. And I was too proud, too proud Mm -hmm. to ask for help. And I ended up firing someone who had worked at that organization for like 20 years. I totally burned bridges behind me. I burned myself out personally. And I look back on that and I'm like, that was, you know, stage one of leadership pain that got me at least starting to enter into my story. Why, why am I carrying this? I've got to be perfect and I've got to do it right. And I'm not going to ask for help. So whether it's because we enter in and maybe we're in a development culture, which would be amazing. Like if you're in an organization that is a coaching culture, most likely, like our friend JJ, you'll level up and you'll be provided development, which is awesome. Or you're going to hit like some pain, some failure, some conflict that you can't handle on your own. And then that's another opportunity, I think, to level up. So really what we're in right now with the pandemic, with the divisiveness, with the conflict, I do find many leaders have very soft hearts about becoming different yeah. and need lots of encouragement and affirmation. So we're here to say, stay the course. You are exactly where you're supposed to be, yep. but maybe it's time to get a little bit more help. I love a couple of things uh, that you've shared. One is, that, hey, we have the capacity to change. That's the gospel, mm-hmm. that, that God gives us the capacity to change. We don't have to stay where we are. Of course, that requires me to recognize where I am. Right. Uh, as painful as, as that may be and owning that, uh, as you know, this is my stuff. This is, um, and at a certain level being okay and not okay with that. Um, I'm, I'm owning that, but I, this is who I am, but this is not who I'm going to be mm-hmm. and recognizing that, that I can change. And at a certain level, I ought to, but man, I want to, mm-hmm. uh, this, this vision for the, the future uh, starts where I am right now. I can make some choices today 
to help guide me and to, to, to gauge my tra- trajectory in a, in a place that's going to help me become a better version of me mm-hmm. in the long run. Absolutely. So good. I think just being curious, you know, if we were going to sort of wrap this idea of what could you do today, I would just encourage leaders listening, just be curious uh, about your reactions. One of the main sort of laws of miracles from Miracle Moment is curious, not condemning. So rather than shutting down yourself or others or blaming yourself or others, when you're in a moment that doesn't feel great, just be curious. Like, what was I thinking about before? Um, What did I bring into this? What are my expectations? Um, Are those realistic? Just if you begin that process of being curious about yourself, like be your own scientist and Mm -hmm. start to notice some patterns in your life, that's a great beginning. Um, You might not know what to do with that, but you you will have a little bit more insight that can lead you closer to transformation. Oh, that is so good. And and why don't we why don't we end yeah why don't we end this uh, podcast with those thoughts and sort of set us up for the for the next round as we mm-hmm. continue the conversation with you because I am curious about uh, wh- where you're going to take this and, and Nicole I love what you're saying I love the book the miracle moment uh, we'll talk more about that next but for those who are listening into this podcast the miracle moment. Um, is a book that, as leaders, we need we need to read this, we need to study this, and we need to let the the book speak to us. Because as we're leading, uh, we are continuing in this journey of having having a positive influence in the lives of other people, hoping that we all together can make our next step the best step. Thanks for joining us on Next Step Leadership, the weekly conversation dedicated to your personal growth and leadership development. Chris and I are so glad you dropped in. You can find us on all your favorite podcast providers. Hey, do us a favor and hit subscribe. And if you really want to help us, give us a rating. We so appreciate your support. Chris Maxwell is the author of 10 books, including Pause with Jesus, Underwater, A Slow and Sudden God, and his latest book of poetry, Embracing Now. You can find links to all of his work and our social media information at our website, nextstepleadership.buzzsprout.com. Our featured music is by Casual Americans. Follow them on Instagram at Casual Americans. And new music is coming soon. We release Next Step Leadership each Thursday, so join us next week on the Next Step Journey, a conversation dedicated to helping you make your next step your best step.